G'day film fans, I'm Dave. And I'm John, and welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye. That's right, and to keep us honest, we've turned this one episode into a drinking game. None of the others have Just a drinking game. Just this one. We don't ever do yes. this. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> if anyone says anything negative, because we're tired of those, those shitty critics that just crap all over things, more on that later. Uh, mm-hmm. If anyone says anything negative, they hear the sound. And Ooh. that means we're drinking. So pour yourselves a glass, gentlemen, our shot, and uh, we're going to talk cheers, about a movie cheers. who has a character who's been hit in the head so many times, he has to remind it who his dad is every movie. <laughs> oh, that was, that was one of your better ones. That was good. Mm. Cheers. Yes, we are they talking don't want about... You to forget. They don't want him to forget. Yeah, don't no. forget. Yeah. It's not in the title. How many times do I have to tell you this? <laughs> Smack up the head. Creed. Oh, shit. He's forgotten again. Yes, we're talking about oh Creed 3. You may notice um, that it's just the two of us tonight. Jeff is not with us. Uh, oh. Je- Jeff, Jeff has been... Uh, Sent to a farm upstate for critics uh, for being too negative. Uh, I don't know whether you guys know this. Like, I know Matt and Mark on their show know this because he calls their voicemail all the time. Um, but Jeff leaves us messages all the time too. Sometimes at three mm. in the morning, sometimes drunk. And this this does contain a couple of little spoilers. But I'll just this is this is what we found on our messages this week. Uh, this is Jeff having just seen The Mandalorian pilot it like season the first three. episode season three episode one yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, don't turn it off or skip ahead if you don't want to hear anything about it but i'm excited to listen what do some we got? light what spoilers we here so I'm, i've broken this up because i feel like we need to return a couple of comments here okay i'm sending you it's great but it's really about the mandalorian and there's spoilers so i'm gonna send this and feel free to use it on the air if you don't i'm giving it to matt and mark okay first of all don't be giving away our fucking content to other shows i'm the only yeah, one that can Jeff, do what that the fuck? like what's what's he doing use this or i'll send it to matt and mark I don't, what what the hell he goes on i, I need to do this okay he needs to do this so mandalorian season three episode one comes out and spoiler it's fucking stupid so Ooh. it starts with a baptism sequence which is fine having a child become a mandalorian is really uncool i thought mandalorians were basically like navy seals but instead apparently they give it to 13 year olds who can't even protect themselves and have to be taken to shore when something comes up that little piece of shit kid is not ready to be a mandalorian also the fact that there's crocodiles bigger than blue whales and they're doing the baptism there anyway it seems like a pretty dumb idea it seems like they're pretty foolish and don't know what they're doing um actually it made all the mandalorians look stupid because they're all just standing around while this thing attacks them and none of them i don't know backed up got to the higher ground, ran into the cave. They all just stood there and died lamer deaths than the fucking Sarlacc pit. Okay, there's a lot to unpack here. First of all, there don't pick is. on the kids. Jeff. Don't pick on Jeff. the kids. Like, oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> two, alligators turning up during your initiation. Climate change, dude. Fucking, it's going to happen. Get used to it. Second, like third of all, it's the <laughs> Mandalorians didn't take the high ground. They activated their fucking jet plaques and flew through the air. Like, I don't know much, how much fucking higher ground you can take with that. But he goes on. I just want to point out, too, that part of Jeff's intro into our show, if anybody has forgotten, that he he usually takes heat against the lazy critics who say negative things. And I'm just I'm, I'm enjoying the irony and, and of, that's why uh, of a, this that's, intense negativity, Jeffrey. That's, that's why he's at a farm upstate this week instead of on the show. He goes on. Does that and mean one that of the deaths looked like somebody... the crop death in a hook? 
which was a comedy. <laughs> he's like, wow, well, he's in like the Croc's mouth. It looked childish. These are the Mandalorians. I thought they were cool. They looked incompetent. Okay, Jeff. Fuck you, man. I don't know how many fucking Crocs you've been inside of, but it's a pretty devastating fucking experience. Leave that guy alone. So then they go through space, they're flying through warp speed, and guess what? They're space whales. What do they have to do with the rest of the story? Again, absolutely nothing. Just something to give the CGI team something to do. Space whales riding that, you know, space wake, which makes no sense because I don't know much about aerodynamics, but I don't think there's space wake out there. And at warp speed, the idea that they're going the exact same speed, even if they were just hologram images, the whole thing is just cheap. It's just made for children. More on that later. Yeah, he's pissed at this point. Okay, one, nobody gives their fucking visual effects department just something to do. Do you have any idea how fucking expensive and time-consuming visual effects are? Two, those space whales are prominent in the Star Wars Rebel series. And I know one lady in Seattle who came at me after we did an Elvis thing for not doing our, uh, our research properly, who is shitting bricks right now at you. They are a prominent, like, huge part of the content and lore right now. So, yep, maybe do your research, Jeff. But he goes on. Jeff. So let's yeah. just talk for a second here. We've got crocodiles, whales, and pirates. What the fuck is this? Mandalorian, the way of water? <laughs> is space an ocean now? So Jeff's going to This is what I think. Because this whole episode was so dumb, guys. This was such a dumb episode. I am convinced they had a conversation and they said, should we keep making a really good, grounded adult show? Because we're selling a lot of backpacks. We're selling a lot of milk containers and, and lunch boxes and shirts all milk to kids. So I got an idea. With we'll that lost Mandalorian kid on it. By just putting in the backpack and lunchbox money into our budget and just make a show for kids. This is now a kid's show and it's stupid. Yeah, so first of all, the milk container has a picture of that missing little 13-year-old Mandalorian on it. Um, I, I mean, I get I get where he's going with this, but like Star Wars always been about the merchandise. That one might be a fair, a fair gripe. And I must admit, uh, when I flicked to the Mandalorian to start it, Disney Plus had an ad for where to buy the merchandise on the fucking page before I played it. So that one I'll give him. Everything else, go fuck yourself, Jeff. Mm. Nobody's trying to buy the uh, the Andor planet ponchos for <laughs> nobody. They're not really merching out that, a, that no, show as much. They're surprisingly flammable. Okay, okay, okay. Well, Jeff, you know what? I'm glad you got it off. Man, you really raked him over the coals, dude. You're just one episode in, too. I, I'm just going to propose this. For my co-host Jeffrey to consider, I, maybe it's time for you to stop watching Star Wars Entertainment because I feel like you have exclusively bitched about every program except for Andor, which is like one out of four or five now. Uh, yeah, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you hated it so much. And I'm really sorry that you're the co-host of a podcast where we're supposed to speak constructively about material. Jeffrey. I'm buzzing Take you. Take that. That is that is for you. You would be wasted by the intro of our show if that had right. been your <laughs> if that had been your show gripe. If oh we, my if goodness! We buzz well, that we break uh, the record. <laughs> he's upstate. We sent him upstate. That doesn't mean that he was hit by a car and he's never coming back. He is coming back. And when he does, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to come after him. I want the comments. I want people to be fucking furious yeah. over that review. And maybe just maybe, if I know Jeff. 
he'll probably get a little further into Mandalorian three episode th- uh, season three and actually find some enjoyment out of it. Yeah, I mean, if you say if it just took a, too long to get there, that's usually what yeah. he says. If you're watching or listening <laughs> to this, feel free to leave a message for Jeff in the comments. Um, oh yeah, yeah, he'll love it. We should it. totally make. We should make our voicemail available so we can hear people just fucking screaming at them. Get a Google number. <laughs> I, I, yeah, great. no, we have one. All right. Well, that was. Uh, <laughs> I wish I could say that was purely enjoyable, but um, he really, he really just brought the show down. Thanks, Jeff. So yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna get things. So back that's, on track. Uh, that's. Uh, <laughs> well, if you're still Jesus with us, Jesus Christ! If you're still with us, you know yeah, how I know he was drunk because you could actually listen to that on two times speed. I know, I was going to make a joke yeah. about that. That's what it sounds like when he has discernible speech that is that is clear to understand yeah. and isn't lightning fast. That's what it sounds like. It's okay. a, yeah, and that's after okay. a six-pack. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, Jeff, we'll see you next week. I think we're uh, Dukes Dukes are up for, uh, for that. We're definitely going to give you shit in person for that as well. But uh, thank you for doing that, Dave. That was hilarious. <laughs> Uh, I just have a tiny gripe this week. It's oh. just, uh, I can't, if you want to hit the clock, it's more of an observation, really. I'm just curious. Hit me. You're on. I understand that our generation of millennials is is now making a lot of entertainment, nostalgia-based, 80s entertainment specifically, like Stranger Things, what have you. But Gen Z, the mullet was supposed to stay dead. What the fuck is happening, dude? I am at USC on campus every day, and every day I'm seeing more and more very bold mullets. These are not homages to mullets. These are not, is that a mullet? These are as bad as you've ever seen mullets from from the 80s and from white trash rat tail America. I mean, this is getting out of control. And I just want to ask, is it because of that entertainment? Are we going back? Do they not realize that that was the one decade that we all agreed upon? Whoops. <laughs> so, for some reason, this thing is very popular now and I don't understand it. Gen Z, explain it to me. <laughs> all right, all right, sure. I, that on is... that note, I will, I will say though, like they're, they're remaking Roadhouse at the moment. And if there's not mm-hmm. a fucking mullet in that, I'm I'm turning it off. Well, hey, we, there better be mullets in the background because I'm sure everybody saw Jake Gyllenhaal yes. ripped to fucking <laughs> pieces, and he does not have a mullet. So I guess this is a modern day because MMA wasn't even really no, it wasn't super around back then, was it? So no. Did you see that video of him where he like hits that guy? Yes, I did. <laughs> was, I, did. I hope they, I hope that's not what they use in the film because I didn't. I don't know if I, I bought mean, it. Just try to try <laughs> to picture it under lights and with a lot of CG. <laughs> Unlike this movie that we're about to talk about, but I'm excited. Great three. Dave, do you have a gripe? Do you have something you want to I get off I do your have a little bit of a gripe because I just had the worst behaved oh, yeah. audience <laughs> I've had in a fucking theater since pre-pandemic, man. It was ridiculous. Full conversations, like back and forth during the movie. One woman updated her phone using voice recognition during the quiet part in the middle where they're like emoting and all you can hear is this fucking Siri voice going off down the front somewhere. And like, I I found her, but I was like, I was this close to like, are you fucking kidding me down the theater? But I think the, the best player on ground, and this is a special recognition award to the guy and girl sitting right next to me in the recliners who repeatedly tried to finger his girlfriend throughout the movie. (laughs) And she knew it wasn't that dark. And I knew it wasn't that dark. Why the fuck didn't he get it? Wasn't that dark. 
Uh, here Worst we go. audience ever. <laughs> Dude. That guy was going for it. Oh, he, my goodness. He took, how, his, how he took his shot. Was this couple? I, uh, late teens, early 20s. She oh, was right, not yeah, into it. That's still just the time say. where you do that. Just going <laughs> to say. And just... then, you know, I'm like, all right, it's fair game. I whipped my dick out and apparently I'm the pervert. Oh, oh, David. Oh, my. Yeah. I did not do that. Take your shake for that one. Oh, Dave. Uh, Yeah, I, unfortunately, when you go to the movies as often as us, I think um, I have also been way too close to a couple who were doing things (laughs) underneath clothing at least once in my movie gang years. Um, what the fuck, people? Yeah, <laughs> uh, when he, when, when he sit, that's what the back row is for. Fuck off back there. Be like, a normal was, person. I was in, Go to the back in, row and wait till it's an empty showing. <laughs> I was in fucking row D and you're sitting in the seat next to me. Like, what? They're like in a great seat in the middle of the theater. Yeah. Also, it's, Dol- <laughs> it's Dolby Cinema. Like, he's like oh i don't want to i don't want to sacrifice the i want a great seat while this is happening yeah i want you to be comfortable yeah well yeah sure sure i mean yeah i guess he was a gentleman (laughs) fuck yeah he at least gave her a great seat (laughs) jesus christ wow yeah well i'm sorry you had a bad screening bad behavior um but i guess that's going to take us into because i want to know how that affected your viewing of this movie (laughs) we're talking about creed motherfucking Three. three that is the third installment and this uh, reimagining of um, of the next generation of the Rocky franchise, mm. initially helmed by uh, Ryan Coogler, uh, for one, Ryan Coogler still has story credits on the, the other films. His his brother Keenan Coogler has co-written these these screenplays along with whoever is uh, directing. Michael B. Jordan directed this installment, number three. Uh, still produced with the the Kuglers, still and a bunch of other people, including Sylvester Stallone, still co-written by uh, Keenan Kugler, still story credit by Ryan Kugler. So this still has the Kuglers draped all over it, but not to uh, undermine, this is Mr. Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut. Mm. He has produced a bunch. It looks like uh, mostly exec credits, but he has he has produced. Uh, uh, several projects for sure uh, that I mean, aren't just an executive producer credit. That's the dream, isn't it? To get to the point where you can just fund your own work. That like. really is the dream. <laughs> and especially when it, what's awesome about him, and then I'll, I'll shut up so we can actually talk about the movie. He has now produced um, more personal, not that this isn't personal, that's not the right word, more uh, original IP that might not garner as much of an incredible cash flow and return on investment as IP like fucking creed yeah it is definitely going to churn it out but he got to take chances on things like just mercy the courtroom drama with him and jamie fox several years ago and other credits and get involved with tv and original series behind the scenes so this is pretty cool getting to see him take a chance on something that you know still having a lot of influence from from the Kuglers, being able to work with material that was so dominated by ryan Kugler and his brother going into this having that mentorship i'm sure that was a big part of it but i am looking forward to talking about what he i think did do that is different from those other two movies and mm. why i found it to be a really this is a enjoyable very different third tone, installment yeah, yeah. so yeah. i i, I want to hear what you think dave this was uh this was your first time seeing any of these movies did you watch the I other did. two i i spent the entire because they've just dropped on hbo max um yes and i watched one and two and I'm a huge fan of Rocky, mainly because like Rocky's still a masterclass in screenwriting because the inciting incident doesn't happen until the middle of the film. 
So that's a, that's a big one to talk about in screenwriting <laughs> class and stuff like that. Um, Creed doesn't use that structure, that same structure, like it, but it's they're equally as well written. Uh, yeah. I know for at least Creed two, I think it was uh, Sly had a screenwriting credit on that as well. Um, nice, but I lo- I love the Rocky films. You know, after after a while, they started to slide a bit, and so when Creed came out, I just kind of didn't really. I didn't. Yeah, I felt I'm the like, same I way. Done. I felt the same way. And then I sat down and watched them yesterday, like yesterday and today. And holy shit, man, did I miss out? I called my dad they straight are away. So I'm like, good. I called my dad straight away. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, have you seen this? Like, you need to watch this. Like, go. What, what are you doing? Go. I, I don't care if it's three in the morning, Dad. Fucking go. Just get get up, get up and watch this. And uh, yeah, so he's gonna go and watch it. Um, but Dude, I love you know the first the one. AFC- the, the Nicole Kidman thing. Yeah. Every time you see where our heroes, where she says that line about yeah. where our heroes are. It's, yeah, it's great. It shows, it shows B just hitting his chest. Like yep. I literally like tear up every time that happens because it's so fucking good in Creed 1. I, yeah, I love the, I love the first one. I, I love the second one. Uh, this, uh, like you said, is a different tone. Um, yeah. But that does not at all mean it wasn't as enjoyable at all. Yeah. I like it. It's a great trilogy in, in whole. They're three for three, in my opinion. This was great. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you what, uh, during the fight, when the rounds finished, people in my theater were clapping. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that was weird for me, but it's cool. So you, but so you yeah. liked it. Yeah. 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 I, um, I have a couple of like, was, things with it, but I, I liked it. Yeah. 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 No, I think uh, I'm excited to hear those things. Cause you know, in some ways I, I, it, there were, there were some things that we can definitely discuss that may not have been as, as good as the rest of it, but, um, but to put it in context of it's always difficult rounding out a trilogy. That's always difficult. It's always difficult continuing IP regardless if, if the original take on the IP was fantastic. Yeah. And this was already up against Rocky. People like you and me didn't, we kind of resisted seeing Creed initially anyway. And then after the first one, you're dealing with, wow, that first one was, was really excellent. So well, the bar is really high. Now yeah. one of our greatest contemporary directors has put his stamp on this as his second feature. That was Creed was his second fucking feature, Dave. Isn't that crazy? That was Ryan Coogler's second movie. What a jerk. Um, <laughs> when do you get off being that fucking good? Fucking talented <laughs> genius, man. Um, but so so to give Michael B. Jordan and that whole team credit, they somehow, they went a different direction um, with this in terms of some tonal approaches, stylistic approaches to the way they filmed it, uh, some giant choices, like, well, I'm sure we'll talk about in that last fight, but also just some in general cinematography choices that were so cleanly created as the rules and the principle of the world in number one and number two that they kind of made a departure from. Mm -hmm. And yet it ended up kind of feeling like its own thing that still was in the world of emotional, emotional impact, successful uh, family impact, the idea themes of family and really intense visceral and exciting boxing matches. Like, you know, you're always trying to go up against all these wonderful boxing moves that made through the ages. And I think they did some really unique stuff. And this was a trailer for one before my movie. So, but it's, it's funny. I I feel like Creed and fast and furious should get together and fight it out for who does family better. (laughs) They they do. I feel like fast and furious is going to lose because Creed's a fucking good boxer. Yeah. I mean, and this one is, uh, this one has, you know, Fast and the Furious, things like that. What people might not know about Creed, that maybe you could tell me, like, if you were thinking back on Friday before you had watched these movies, how mm. you thought about it. These movies are not 
fan fervor for people who enjoy Rocky. They are no, more than that. It's, it's an interesting take. Both feet are on the ground. It's sincere. It's dramatic. It has wonderful, like hip hop driven, you know, very musical soundtracks that just make you want to, you know, bob your head and fucking pump your fist a little bit because there, there's a lot of pump you up stuff in these movies. And also, but the drama is sincere. Oh yeah, it's. Oh. I mean, this, this is. That is um, no, I'm still there. Sorry, you're just, you. you're just lagging. Something's going on with your Wi-Fi on your end. Um, no, it's it's. Yeah. This is. I'm I'm trying to think of uh, how to how to put it. It's it's like the fight is secondary. There's so much other shit going on in his life, and it, it's like a it's like a classic tale of like be ready for the fight of your life because life is gonna fuck you at every chance it gets, and it, like it does fuck with him in all three movies. Like there's some major crisis happening secondary to the fight that puts the fight in the background it's like we're, we're going to focus on this for a minute and it's done so well like because if it was a movie just about boxing yeah. it's like you could make one of those like it's boring but again the same thing happened with like the first rocky i'll make that comparison in as a compliment because there is so much story build up and they like you know set up the world and set up this kid and it's it's all done very very well so yeah i i love i love this all th- as a as a yeah. as a trilogy. No, I totally agree. Well, let's yeah. As a, and as a trilogy, they should probably stop if they've learned anything from Rocky. Although Rocky Four was still pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think they I wouldn't have Drago if it wasn't for Rocky anyone 4. who has seen this movie knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the straight up Drago uh, homage here in this one. I think the clearly oh, we're not going to give any spoilers away just yet, but anyone who has seen this movie knows that they may have opened the door to continuing with a different storyline. Um, I hope they don't. I hope they put, you know, close, close the door on this and say, well done. We all crushed it. Let's move on. Um, anyway, can you yeah. still hear me? Okay, Dave? I feel like you're making a... Yes, I can. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, folks. My fucking internet. No, well, that's, just my, into... that's just my resting face. Yeah. No, it's resting... <laughs> Face. all right uh yes. yeah let's move into spoilers <laughs> and we can kind of we can kind of chop it up a little bit <laughs> all right all right, all right. resting okay. bitch face all right spoilers here we go here we go with spoilers all right we're um, into spoilers we are going to ruin this movie if you continue listening and haven't seen it you've been truly warned. truly we really are i feel like i yeah i must i must have this is fucking uh, terrible dude i feel like i should move it was it was fine Did earlier. Um, I, I know. I don't know what's. It's happened. possible the aliens have come back for you. I don't know. Um, yeah, they, they, I, they I will say this. This. I love how realistic the ending of this film was because it like, it's sort of it just finishes with two guys crying in a dressing room, which to be honest, would have been me after one punch. To be honest, <laughs> like first time you cop a punch in the face, Dude. I'm in the green room crying. We're do- we're done. Especially some of the hits in this movie. Dude, in Dolby Cinema, you could feel that shit. Like they oh, they yeah. worked they worked the Atmos soundtrack. Like if if you watch this, if you get a chance, watch it in Atmos, you will feel every fucking thing. Yeah, it was brutal. I think the thing I'm excited to talk the most about is to um I felt like this one, unlike the first two, the violence is still real in the first two. Like you feel it. Um, but there's such a uh there was something more horrific about the way that they showed some of the violence in this one. I heard and saw people in my audience, including including myself a couple of times, really, really cringing and like viscerally 
and vocally mm-hmm. reacting to some of the cheap shots and the most more brutal hits. And it was yeah. almost like, I mean, I, I, it, I almost felt like Michael B. Jordan approached some boxers and asked them, like, what are we not showing? What have you not seen yet? And it's almost like they talked to him about all the different ways that the violence occurs in these boxing matches from the taking out your, your mouthpiece and some teeth have fallen out to the way that certain things, to, to the way that certain hits feel. I don't know. I just felt like he really took, pardon the pun, he really took the gloves off with how they were going to cover some of this <laughs> violence because it was it was brutal. It was super brutal. It didn't feel as safe. And I think part of that for me, tell me if you disagree, Dave, was that the coverage on this was really tight. There was a lot of really tight oh, yeah. coverage on on the the actual boxing moments. Ryan Coogler and Rachel Morrison, I think she shot the first one. Come at me if she did not. I can check that, but I think she shot the first one with him. They mm. established a really wonderful language in the first Creed that was a lot of very long oneers, a lot of moving and yep. you know the staging and everything was happening inside of very these long takes, and. They continued that a little bit in Creed 2. There's there is definitely a homage to that. This one felt there was some of it, but when they were in their heavier moments inside the ring, it was a lot of cutting. Going very punchy. And not in a gross, quick no, way. Yeah, it wasn't like <laughs> it wasn't as much as like Raging Bull. Like that it wasn't nearly trying yeah. to go into that style where it was really cut, 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 cut. But there was definitely cuts. And what it lended itself to was um speed speed ramps and speed slowdowns in their in their tighter close-ups when people were getting hit but i don't know i just i thought it was uh, very horrific mm. i thought this one was dark in a it was, sense it was that definitely the other two weren't quite as dark to highlight it was definitely designed to highlight the fact that this fucking hurts and i think it was more the the raw style that um like jonathan major's character was fighting with like he was he was a beast he was he was the villain he was the beast as such so he he wasn't afraid to hurt you and he wanted to hurt you because he was fighting from a place of anger. So whenever that happened, they really stuck on that. Like there were those as well. The they obviously threw the um, the high frame camera in there for some of the hits and stuff like that. But uh, a lot of that's done with. Dave, do you know uh, how I, they I do know. that? Um, it's usually air pressure, and the the hand is put in digitally. That's how I've seen it done before. Okay. So they'll they'll hit you with an air gun and blow your face and then the the hit like it's it's some of it's manually painted and then the, the hand is put in that's how i've seen it wow. done before okay. i don't know I if mean, that's what just, they did with this yeah it looks it so real like it's, it, so doesn't, many... it doesn't feel good like you're copping an, an like a high pressure air gun in the face but yeah yeah like fucking um that, no country you know what they, they may <laughs> like have just they may have just scanned his head and cg'd it like it could they, none of that might have been real they're that good now. Yeah, I was wondering how much of that they were doing, but um, certainly the yeah, rippling I mean, that in was slow brutal. motion, that all that stuff could have been like full CG. It yeah. might have been a human scan. You talked about the um, you know these dealing with these themes of family, the way they always push push Adonis, the you know Michael Jordan, uh, his character into these these terribly inconvenient scenarios where he's always going against dealing with some kind of trauma and in his personal life mm-hmm. and, you know, having to, to take it out into the, to the ring. Again, oh, this was, this oh seems kind of his, like an obvious choice his patient because wife. they did this. <laughs> I know his patient wife. It's almost like they, um, in Rocky one, 
and Rocky three, I believe Creed is a part of those stories, right? And four, and he four. dies in four, right? Um, yeah. And it's 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 fun that they, in the first two of these reimaginings, these Creed movies, they did not have Adonis I, fighting someone who was a part of his familial trauma, and that they returned to it for this one. Mm-hmm. That what he the, the issues he's dealing with in his past that do eventually affect, you know, his wife and daughter and his relationship with them, his mother is somewhat involved, but she has her own health issues and, you know, passes away. And yeah. So that's a separate yeah. thing. But I'm just saying, I think it's great that they allowed him to literally, very, very literally, the person who was creating the trauma in his personal life was the person he was fighting. Mm. They, they haven't done that yet in these reimaginings. And I thought it was great that they held off. I do like, uh, one thing I do like though, is the, the thread that they have going through between the three movies of the like the relationship that he has with his girlfriend, then wife, then obviously mother of his child. And that like, that's a story thread that flows through three movies consistently and consistently well, despite, yeah. you know, having different people on the writing team every single time they, they've kept that thread going. And it was, it was what grounded everything. It was like when, when everything else has gone wrong, you come back to that. And yeah. I, I found that a really good thing um, as far as the writing was concerned. I was kind of curious if they were going to so much of the theme, the not theme, so much of the specific difficulty that he goes through in the second movie has to do with the fact that his daughter is deaf. She suffers from the same hmm. degenerative hearing loss that his wife does. Uh, Tessa Thompson's character is just more advanced. So the daughter is basically born totally deaf. Yeah. Um, they, show her in a deaf school. And I, th- but I thought it was interesting that they chose to, to normalize that, that yeah. it really wasn't as much of an issue and to really make the daughter's issue be more about now Creed has a child and he's starting to see that she is interpreting physical violence as a way to, to go through life. Mm-hmm. I, I, w- I think they could have gone a little further with that for me. It didn't take anything away from it. I wasn't sitting there saying they missed it, but I was kind of wondering why, he had his personal issues going on with um, that we'll get into with Jonathan Major's character and his past, which was creating a big gap of communication with him and, and Tessa Thompson, his wife. And the, the daughter was a part of that, but I thought they were going to go even further with the girl almost becoming socially in a, in a, in a depth, adept uh, mm. to being able to handle that stuff. I thought she was maybe going to get kicked out of school and yeah. really kind of become like, because... One thing that they return to in this one that people sometimes, I think, forget in, because it only really gets established in the beginning of the first Creed is that he grew up in group homes and and on the streets and he didn't have this luxurious background. That's not what most of his childhood was. Yep. That's not what his formative years were made from. So I thought maybe they were going to go really far with it and she was going to be like a serious problem child. Mm. They chose not to, and I don't know. How do you I, feel about that? I, I mean, I thought that I think if that would have added, you know, half an hour to the movie, made it over two hours, because these are a tight two hours, most of them. Um, um, I think that would have been too much, and yeah. I, I feel like it was a discipline thing or maybe a creative decision not to go down that path if they were gonna. But I, I felt like her, um, that incident at the school was meant to highlight the difference between the parents and how they deal right. with that incident. Because again, it's drilled home that he's still not communicating. He he only fights. He doesn't like know any other way to solve the problems and stuff like that. And I feel like that was a good discussion between the parents. So that worked for me. 
And like you said um, earlier, if they planned on this being the bow on the box for all three, you're right. You don't want to open up an issue that can really truly not be resolved in your final one. You really yeah. do want to wrap it up. So no, that makes sense. Um, so let's, let's talk about the big, the big heavy antagonist and the, what really is the crux of this entire story. Um, Jonathan Major's character. Yep. Just give him all Dane. the villain jobs. How did from you now like, <laughs> I mean, he's, dude, he's, 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 he's fantastic. He has this, I just want to yeah. clarify. I want, I want to put this out there. I know I kind of gave, I, I, I gave some shit out there cause I wasn't totally sold on his accent work and, uh, Ant-Man when we were talking about that, but just to say it one more time, I think he is just a super talent and I, I'm excited mm. that he's, he's only 33. I think we're going to see him making amazing amazing performances come to life for the next yeah. you know 40 50 years and i'm so excited he's such a good actor i, I will watch that guy open a fucking envelope i don't care like what it yeah, is i'm a big fan of jonathan did you see the now. harder they fall no last year the western i think it's on netflix um all black cast in like a all black stylized western watching that it's this week fucking cool dude it is yeah. awesome it is fun it's a fun movie and um yeah so check check that out he's really good in that um but yeah let's let's just talk really quickly about one thing I, I wasn't concerned but i'm always excited when movies pull it off they show you a little bit of this in the trailer because so you go into this movie knowing okay we're gonna see some flashbacks yeah. with young actors playing these men and i thought they fucking nailed it yeah. i thought they did a really good job and i thought the way they peppered in the completion of that flashback when it cuts to him actually running mm -hmm. on the street at the very end, they hold off until the very end to yeah. show you how he actually dealt with that situation. I mean, that was emotional, dude. Mm. What a great lesson in how to not, you do not have to give them all the exposition in the exposition. Yeah. You, how do you bring exposition into your entire storyline? That was, that was really but well yeah, done. Also it's that, that because you don't see it like the whole event until the very end, it, it's kind of like, well, who's telling the truth about how this went down? So exactly. Because that's one thing I like. Jonathan Majors tends to pick his his villains when he plays them in that sense of, it's just, you, you're kind of asking yourself, well, how right is he? It's right. like you're, 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 you're like drawn to him because he's so charismatic as, as a villain. I, I've only ever seen him play a villain, villain so far. But um, like you're drawn to him and you kind of, some of the... In, I mean, it's down to the writing as well, but the performance certainly helps nail it. You, whatever he puts forward, it's like convincing. Every time he yeah. plays a villain, he has a convincing argument for why he's like that, and be it like, okay, so yeah. I wanted to ask you, like, if you've been thinking about this the way I have. I'm a big fan of of Mr. Kugler's work, and I think Michael B. Jordan is as well. This whole world is kind of all involved here. So let me try to unpack this. This is not the first time or the second time that Ryan Coogler and his team, his brother, typically co-writing with him, producing mm -hmm. with him, Michael B. Jordan being involved in this stuff in Creed and Black Panther, where there is a righteous antagonist. Yeah. Where they have, this is a theme that he clearly likes to play with, where you see somebody who in another movie could be the hero. And he tries to make their their ambition. And the, you said it earlier. You said it well. He's fighting from a place of anger and not from a place of justice. Yeah. Um, 
that and what is just maybe justice isn't even the right word not from a place of balance or a place mm. of um seeking some kind of retribution even that i don't know there was <laughs> there's a, somebody there was a screen you know what i mean though they all have a chip on their shoulder on, um on character and i can't i can't remember who did it but the one quote it, i always took away from it robert uh, mckee was it that it, guy? it was mckee yeah um <laughs> you know i carry the book around everywhere so yeah i can't believe i forgot his <laughs> name just then um but uh the quote was uh no no one is ever truly evil they just think they're right and, and it's but let's what take a that great even further, way to write villains Aaron Sorkin always, you know, he says, he said it a million times in different interviews and masterclasses and stuff that, you know, every character, um, good or bad, in the eyes of the story, every character should be written as though they're pleading their case before God. You know, they're, mm. they're, they're dead. Am I going to heaven? Everybody is fighting for their life here. Which but is great. This is in Aaron this Sorkin's is even, film, you have to be eternal before they finish two lines. Mm. Well, this is great. <laughs> you know, I, I had a story t- teacher, um, Alex, uh, Alex Condon who actually is uh, the writer of the movie Air that's coming out. I'm sure you saw that with Matt Damon Ben Affleck mm-hmm. about the Air Jordan yeah. Shoe. Oh, He's cool. the writer of that. He was talking to us a couple of weeks ago, and he was giving a little little presentation on story, and he was talking about this specifically, and he said, why do you think you always see that line? We're not so different, you and I. Yep. It's it's almost like that's what's existing in yeah, the screenwriter's head, like because one, when you're writing... One twisted event changed Yeah, changed but we are it. both yeah. ambitious. We are both fighting for what we believe in, protagonists and antagonists. But I'm going to take this a step even further because the antagonist and a good actor is going to do this no matter what. And a good writer is going to try to make some room for a good antagonist to always have that space. But they usually seem more evil than these Kugler characters. Mm. These people always seem to have, they're always aggressive and angry. They're always working from a place of intense violence. But he gives them so much to work with in terms of justification. They're usually fucking right. Yeah. Like in terms of like how things should be seen just subjectively, if they didn't have those character flaws bound in the way that they're emoting their actions, if they're, you know, the cheap shots, like the way, the way they give Jonathan majors, like yep. he does, what would have been different about this movie? If he was a super clean fighter, he would have been yeah. the hero. Yeah, I was just trying to. I was just trying to pick out like what are the things that have given us these flaws. Yeah. yeah, so I just thought it was beautiful. But it's, it's funny as well. That like, he's still unpacking that theme. That it comes full circle in that this entire movie could have been avoided if they just got together, had a cry, and apologized to each other. Well, none of, but, but no, it could, right? Because <laughs> in the world of Creed, in the world of uh, male rage, these men needed to fight. Yeah. Right. And that's something that, yeah. yep. This and is, once you beat the shit thinking, out of each other, then you can have a cry and apologize. <laughs> I want to tip my hat to them because I do think they pulled it off. Yeah. But I think this scene, the most difficult scene, I think, in this movie for them to write and to sell is the scene when, after his mother passes, R.I.P. Felicia Rashad's character, she had a beautiful, yeah, beautiful scene there at the end before she, before she passed. Oh, that was fucking heartbreaking. Um, yeah, that was sad. She did a good job. But the scene right after that, the midpoint of this movie, is when Tessa Thompson and Michael B. Jordan are sitting there alone talking to each other, and he finally admits to all the things from his past that Dame is a part of, the abuse he suffered as a child. And somehow in this like, just think about the screen. They were sitting there. They were like, how the fuck do we get... By the end of this conversation, she needs to say, even though I've told you to stop that fighting isn't the answer to everything, and we don't want to set this example for our daughter when it's personal. She literally, by the end of that scene, says, then you got to go fight him. So, hmm. I mean, that is a tall order. And that, have, that may have been the only moment in the, in the movie 
where you have to put on your Creed cap, you have to put on your Rocky <laughs> cap and realize, of course, they're going to fight. So don't think there's any way that they're not going to fight. Tell me this, Dave, though. This is one thing that I really thought they were considering. I thought this movie was going to end without a winner. And I thought they were going to have some big cry and hug. Mm. And at the end, like, tie. Nobody's declared a winner. We beat the shit out of each other. We both lost and we both won because of it. Yeah. But they didn't do that. And I still, it, it was a beautiful moment at the end in that. the locker room. It was, I don't think it, because he, like, Wally was under, an understandable villain at the beginning. By the time we got to the ring, no, he was absolutely over the edge. He was not, there was, I mean, there wasn't much doubt there. He'd already, like, said things and stuff like that. There was no coming back from it. It was like, this fight needs to happen. I know what you mean. I know in the fight did need to happen, but it's just really good writing that in Michael B. Jordan's montage when he's training, from that moment that I was talking about Tessa onwards, especially when he finally confronts and recognizes and vocalizes where he's coming from to, to his wife and to himself, even throughout that training montage, when you get all those wonderful flashbacks of him actually running away from the incident as a child even though we're supposed to be feeling like Jonathan Majors was becoming more and more of a cocky asshole in, in getting his retribution, I was starting to think even more that, God, this isn't his fault. They were kids. So that line at the very yeah. end of the movie, it's, it's a beautiful scene. The line at the end of the movie when Michael B. Jordan apologizes to him and just says, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for everything and for what happened. Michael, uh, George, Jonathan Majors says, you know, that's not on you, man. We were kids. Mm. We were just kids. And I really did by the end of that movie, I think, and I think this is what they wanted, even though Jonathan Majors was the fight needed to happen. We, we wanted Michael B to win. We wanted Creed to come out on top and, and still, still claim some kind of victory. We didn't want it to be at the sacrifice of their redemption toward each other. Yeah. And because of that I mean, locker was, room scene, he was already well there. established as a fighter who didn't hold a grudge after a fight. Cause like, you know, he had Drago in his fucking party and stuff like he was friends, almost friends with him now after almost, you know, getting killed by him in the previous movie, stuff like that. I want to quickly switch over to tone um, in that fight when they suddenly go to full black around the ring yeah. and then they punch out to an empty stadium. I know what they were trying to do, but that did not sit well with me at all. So I read an interview about that specifically. Yeah, yeah. Buzz yourself. Um, apparently, you know, again, first directorial debut. He, yeah. he made a bold choice. Let's at least give it up to him for making a bold choice. No, it, it, he said he was. I was on board by the end of it, but like for a second there, the it took me out. Thing. Yeah, I was like, oh, I, I haven't done that before. Well, he was. They haven't done that, especially the way you are. You know, as a package, watching all three. Mm. Um, these movies are grounded in realism for the most yeah. part. There are there are stylistic choices with some cinematography to slow things down and to move a certain yep. way, of course. But th like we said earlier, the drama and the storytelling is is realism. It is very much realistic. He said that he was super inspired for that sequence by anime, by specifically in a lot of anime, whenever two characters are getting into a huge fight, they do this effect where they pull them away into a stark Yep. vacancy where it's just the two of them and they can almost say anything to each other that they can't say in the reality whether or not they're fighting at that time mm. or it's just like a soliloquy style yeah and he said i really wanted to implement that into the fight 
Um, I mean, that's great, but I'm not watching anime. I'm watching Creed 3. You can't sneak a fucking anime in at the third movie all of a sudden. It's, I thought, it was weird. I'm wondering, if they, I'm wondering if they played with cutting that up a little bit so that it wasn't just like a naked three or four minute sequence where they're, okay, that's what they're doing. I wonder if they had kind of used Don't those moments wrong. more intermittently so that it felt like they were alone fighting when each they, other. Like when they both that hit may have better. exactly the same way and slugged each other yeah, and then suddenly awesome. the crowd came back. I was like, what did that? we just see? I was like, yeah, no, I was, was like, good. that was fucking powerful. Um, yeah. But the way we got there, I didn't like. I, I feel like, I don't know, it might have been, should have been more gradual or something so it wasn't quite as shocking. I agree. I think they should have mm. cut that up. Yeah. It could have been a part of it and it could have been a really great device to show us that, man, they really, it, nobody needs to be here. They yeah. just needed to have this fight. Yeah. Um, I agree I'm, with I'm you. It was sure a little strange the they chose yeah. to lean into that's it. That's a good one. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I totally agree. And that, you're right. That moment, that uh, transition out of that was, was, you know, ridiculous and may never actually happen in real life, but that was super cool. The, the hit at the exact same time. Yeah. Very matrix. <laughs> Very, <laughs> right. Yeah. Things like that. Um, can we talk for just a second about the production design? I want to live in every single house that was oh, in, in Jesus, any, yeah. any place that they were at in this movie. This is a Los Angeles-based film. They made it in LA. The Crenshaw District um, is talked about, visited just a hair towards the end when we see where Jonathan, where Jonathan Majors is training in the last half. But the rest of this movie is just, these, these houses are sick having the final fight in Dodger Stadium. I thought it was kind of cool that they just tried to say, you know what, this is this movie, we're going to try to make L.A. a character here, which mm. you don't see all the time, yeah, especially nowadays. L.A. usually yeah. pretends to be other places. And they were like, no, 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 it's, this is L.A. This is like, it's the whole, it's the whole story. So I thought that was kind of cool mm. that they just leaned into that as much as they did. They did it better than uh, La La Land. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. I still really like that movie. Um, I still really like it. I had somewhere I was going to go. God, it's gone. Carry on. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I enjoyed them. And I'm glad that they just brushed up against it and that Jonathan Mayers, Majors did not try to fuck Tessa Thompson. I'm glad there was just a mm. little bit of him. It wasn't intimate or romantic at all, but I'm glad they just let him splinter yeah. into their relationship just yeah. a hair. And just say a little bit to mess with her, get in her head about how's it feel seeing other people sing your songs. And then when he dropped it, was that me? You can't hear me? No, no. That was me scratching. Oh, I thought this. you were saying, yeah, no. I thought you were saying, <laughs> I can't hear you or stop talking. No. Um, that was me sending private uh, messages to Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Jeff. Jeff, <laughs> God damn it. Where are you? <laughs> um, I thought that was really great. And then he, you know, talking about, Michael B's past and stuff. I thought that was really nice. Um, and then uh, I do want to give a big shout out. I thought the soundtrack was, was really fun. Emotional yeah. when it needed to be emotional. Did you see this in Dolby Just fucking headbangers when it needed to be awesome and pump you up when it needed to be awesome. Smooth and sexy at her, uh, mm -hmm. at her album, the album, her label party. Yeah. That was a, that was a sick did song. You, did you see this really in, good. in Dolby? Oh yeah. Cause the Dolby mix was phenomenal. Fucking this. sick, like, dude. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Dude. Like, it, yeah, it, it was good. I've been listening to it. Did you find it weird that suddenly there's Rocky's nowhere to be seen? Like, he was a, a driving force in the first one, and he was a presence in the second one because of the Drago thing. This one, granted, had nothing to do with him, but suddenly he's just gone. Yeah, Dave, I'm not going to lie. As much as I'm praising the first and second movie, 
when I, I still haven't, I knew they were on HBO and I took Elizabeth to see this one as always. And she loved it and she's never seen the first and second one. So we're mm-hmm. going to totally watch the first and second one together. I could not remember if he died or was super sick at the end of the second one. No, he was fine. Uh, he, he'd beaten it by the second one. He went and visited okay, his, he then, went and visited his son I, at the end of the second one. Then absolutely, it's fucking weird that he did not appear. Yeah. That is strange. I understand why they didn't want to have the Obi-Wan every time Creed's in trouble, mm. he goes back to his master kind of thing. Jesus Christ, I heard what I just said. That was not a racial slur. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Just in case. Um, mm-hmm. Goes back to, to the sage character, the trainer, but... Man, I was hoping that he was going to call Rocky to train him. Weren't you? Yeah. I, I was, was like, get that guy out of the even, fucking woodwork. Even if, the- even if it was a phone call, like mm-hmm. it can be, that scene could have been on the phone. I don't know. I think I feel like just to cut him out completely, it was too much. He, you need to, I thought they were you going need to, to wean yourself off Rocky Balboa. I thought they were going to give us like a phone. That's great. I thought they were going to cut his montage sequence in half because they did such a good job as they needed to, to show us mm. old dog, new tricks kind of thing that it was just not going well anymore. Yeah. He wasn't able to train through it and they've chose, you know, they made a really bold choice with him getting punched by Grego and a uh, Drago and having that wonderful flashback. But I thought they were literally going to pause it. He was going to be convinced I can't do this. And then Rocky was going to come out of the woodwork, call him, mm. show up, something like that. Like that even like, the, one of the best scenes in this, in the second movie is the speech in the hallway over his daughter with her hearing, possibly. And Don't he's you like, pity her. He's like, well, Don't what's fucking, yeah. like? Are you gonna love her? And he's like, well, of course. He's like, then what's the problem? Like, yeah, exactly. God, that's a good scene. Like, it's a fucking hair, great. Yeah, it's a fucking great scene. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, it's so touching. <laughs> yeah. So I completely agree. I don't know why. I don't know if they went back and forth. I don't know if they said, you know, this is not Rocky's franchise anymore. Or maybe you know, Sly was just solidify, maybe Sly was but, just done. I mean, he, he maybe, hand, maybe he, he read it, the script too. He and handed he it said, over graciously. He supported it. And then it was time to, need sta- to be a part of this. Well, one. no, yeah. it's kind of time to stand on their own. Like they don't, they don't need help. Yeah. Creed was on its own. Like it, it was a success off by itself. Now, but this is a weird business thing. Cause I know what you're saying, but they taught us thematically that he's in the family. Yeah. They taught us that. So that was such a big, huge reason for me the, the fighting in these movies is awesome. I mean, the filmmaking he, he is awesome. He should have been at the All funeral the guys at least. Are, yeah. I just, I thought that was really, now that you're clarifying, cause I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't sure. I thought it was really strange. And I think they may have written themselves against their theme by taking him out of it yeah. because he packs his presence. It's not Sylvester Stallone who he does a wonderful acting job in both the movies, but it's not the performance of superstar mm-hmm. Sil- Sylvester Stallone as much as it is, that Rocky is kind of a vehicle for Creed to discover these themes and for him to just not be there as a presence in any way, even a fucking letter, something, a picture, mm-hmm. some memory, anything like that would have at least reminded us that, that he's still a part of it because family is always a part of it and he's fucking family. Mm. I thought that was kind of strange too. I know what you mean. Um, performance wise, what'd you think about these two men just duking it out as actors as well. Like I, I, I couldn't kind of couldn't stop thinking about it. You know, the, the famous heat, you know, you finally see Pacino and De Niro together and there's some, there's some really wonderful movies. Um, uh, what's that movie with Judy Dench and Kate Blanchett uh, where they're just fucking 
Cats. God damn, what's the name no. of that movie? No, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn, what's the name of that movie? I feel like such an asshole. Um, we just see these Titans, you know, just really duking it out. I kind of couldn't stop thinking about um, just the scene work. I don't know if they did rehearsal. I don't know how much they talked to each other about going into this, but when they finally got to just talk to each other, that diner scene was fantastic at the beginning. Mm. Just them really establishing after that wonderful opening yeah. when they're kids. And that was that was where this they did is their stick dynamic. To, that's where they did stick to the long take. It was just literally a camera set yeah. and left. And they you just were watching two really good fucking actors go at it. And like yeah. I was there were I don't think there was a single moment where I was like, Oh, these guys are acting in this movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. Even in the fight scenes, like the training involved, oh my god. Like yeah, I, I mean, it made me, it in, made me tired. Mont- shape. <laughs> Not only did the montage made me tired, I all the way through it, I had you gotta have a montage from like <laughs> South yeah. Park and Man. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I know they're in they're in impeccable shape. Uh, hats off to the to the editors and the team for how I think like forty minutes went by before Jonathan Majors took his shirt off. They really made they really made the audience wait, yeah. even though. And it, I kind of wish they had not shown that in the trailer because yeah. dudes, dude's got a fucking going on. That man is large in this movie. He's probably big in Ant-Man, too. He's just got a bunch of clothes on. But yep. boy, oh boy, is he big in this movie. Um, that was so that was just so impressive. Well, I don't know, Dave, I think we tackled it. And yeah. I think you've made me desperately want to go finish writing this little screenplay I'm working on so I can watch fucking Creed 1 tonight because <laughs> I want to dive back in. The fighting was great. Do you have a standout? a standout like a fight sequence because there are some great fights in this but is there a particular punch out sequence um, or a sequence that I, really got you i think in in this one mm-hmm. i don't know um i think i pref- like this one was a straight up brawl so i think i preferred the fight in creed 2 <laughs> nice because that got, i don't know whether you noticed but we got all the way through that fight with very little bleeding yeah like they they still looked pretty okay by the end of it but yeah. yeah, like the, the Drago fight was hard. That looked like it really yeah. fucking hurt. So yeah. When he can't, when he almost can't get up again. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, I really, really enjoyed shout out to Guy Ritchie's first Sherlock Holmes. Cause or the second Sherlock oh, yeah. Holmes. Cause he, they really took that from, I, I mean, that's, that's done so well in the Robert Downey Jr. Fight scene at the beginning, but I really liked how, um michael b jordan played with that in the very first uh creed match at the beginning of this movie before he quote retires mm-hmm. and he's just, just taking the hits and just analyzing his open hole so that he can you know yeah. wait for the right that punch. Was, that was good i really enjoyed that i kind of wish even though they you know you established it i was thinking about that sherlock holmes movie but not in a bad way it's always fun to watch that's what i mm. think good fighters are doing I wish they would have returned to that a little bit more than they did at the very end where he Fair. was waiting to see. I was kind of, ex- I was kind of expecting that too. Um, they yeah, gave you a they, little bit of it, but I was, just I, at was, the very I, was expect- I was expecting yeah. the, the same thing where he like takes the beating yeah. to analyze and then especially because, it, yeah, because Duke, um, th- that guy was fantastic too. Man, yeah. from I always think of him as the dude from remember the Titans. What the fuck is his name, man? Wood Harris um such a good actor he's great in all these movies he says in the montage when he's training michael b he says and don't forget 
Dame's been studying your shit his entire mm. life. He's going to know every single thing you could do. All he's done is think about how you fight. So I thought that was even more of a reason for them mm. to have started. I wanted to get inside Michael B's head a little bit and analyze Dame's fighting style while it was happening. Yep. And I wish they would have done it a little bit more. It was still a fantastic fucking fight. But I think they kind of just put that in at the very end. And I wanted to have just a touch more of that in the last round, maybe, just to get us in his head. But yeah. My God, I love that they allowed them to go 12 rounds. I love that mm -hmm. it was a full a match. <laughs> they were exhausted. It was so fun. It made me feel, you know, they all, all the movies do this, but especially Rocky one, it made me think about, you know, I just want to last. Well, I mean, I just want to get, go the yeah. distance with them. The good thing about this is like, when you went into that fight, like you have six rounds in, you're like, I don't know who's going to win this. Yeah. Like which and way, like which they way are they going? It. I like that they allowed the the commentators to say that yeah. the whole like we were not just supposed to be are they or aren't they like they were talking about the whole time we can't tell you who's winning this fight this is incredible no man is on top these guys are about to kill each other you know it was just yeah it really did feel like we were watching these titans just get something very personal off their chest <laughs> I haven't heard such good commentation um, dialogue since Major League I would say. Major League, that that is Dude, that the best. Is, that is the dodgeball? benchmark. Jason Bateman and oh. dodgeball. That's pretty good. <laughs> Titties. It's <laughs> pretty funny too, dude. <laughs> uh, anyway, Usually I, you uh, pay I always want to celebrate this. <laughs> God, until you just said that, and I thought of that. I had totally forgotten Bateman did that. That's so funny. Um, go see this movie, folks. I think unless you have a real issue with violence in film. This is dramatic. It's got everything you're looking for. It's a good boxing movie. If you like the Creed saga, mm. watch it. If you don't know that it yet, actually, sit down and fucking watch all thing two I will of say, them and then go see this. In the middle of that, when they say, like, people think boxing's about the... When he says to his kid, like, people think boxing boxing's about the violence, but it's not. It's about analyzing your opponent and timing and stuff like that. I was like, oh, yeah. It is. Like, because... Like, I've, I've been yeah. exposed to boxing my whole life. Like, my... my family used to take me to it when I was a kid and I, I worked in TV for a while running like in the truck running like camera color correction units in the cameras and stuff yeah. like that it was yeah I've, I've been surrounded by boxing a long time and I never once thought oh it's just two guys not thought anything other than it's two guys beating the shit out of each other but there's there's an art to it and I didn't realize Dude, that, it until I, mean, I saw of, this film I mean how many idioms are there about Related to boxing, you're on the ropes. You got to get back up before the countdown. Yeah, you're fighting yourself. You're not fighting the the opponent. You know all these things. They come. You know, it's like this is a sport that is so intertwined with. Write your name with on your culture. wrist before you start because you won't remember it afterwards. Like yeah, <laughs> all of those. Dude, so many, uh, so many good things. I'm just so I, I had a really great time. I really enjoyed watching this. I enjoyed it as well. Maybe it's a little bit of a guilty pleasure, but God, I, I, I just got to say, boxing movies. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure, well deserved. We did it. Well done. Well done, well done, well done. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. That brings us to um, what you've been watching. What you've been watching, dude? Do you want to kick it off? You, you know what? You go first. All right, I will go first. I watched this week. Um, I'm still going with... Um, uh, let me look this up just because I don't want to fuck it up. I'm still watching Drive to Survive. Okay. The um the F1 series on Netflix have not started season 3 of uh, Mandalorian as we joked about at the beginning. Fuck you, Jeff. Mm. Um <laughs> uh, and I, and I got to watch a uh, I got to watch a really cool movie from a little known country called Australia 
2016. It's called Goldstone. Literally never heard of it. No. It's a. I mean, I I left. What is known as in 2013. Sure, sure, sure. This is a movie worth watching. It's a. uh, There's a whole genre dedicated. What they call outback noir. So it's like a law detective crime drama set in the unbearable, raw, intense daylight of the Outback in Australia. Wow. It was ball soup sweaty in the Outback that day. <laughs> there's, there's no voice. <laughs> on, honestly. Crikey, it's fucking hot today. <laughs> you cook an egg on a fucking radiator. Was... Cook an egg on a fucking radio. Um, anyway, I, uh, I really enjoyed it. It was um, pretty... Pretty good movie. Anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. I think people should uh, consider watching it. It was good. Cool. What'd you watch? I am three episodes deep now on Picard. Loving it. Um, I watched the third one today uh, where you get a very familiar character turn up um, back in the series, and I pissed myself laughing at almost every second line of dialogue he had. It was great. Um, Is it Q? No, he's he was in season two. He's done. Okay. Um, I, I, I've gone on an indie sci-fi fantasy kick. Lately, so I, I've started watching. Uh, there's something in the dirt, and Slayers. Something in the dirt's a bit slow to start, but it's uh, it gets weird after about 25, maybe 30 minutes into the film. After before that, it's just a lot of dialogue between two people, um, but it's picking up. Slayers, on the other hand, um, is a group of uh, basically it's it runs on the premise that vampires have existed for a long time, and now their latest thing is to release this. Uh, cure for all illness and it's basically going to turn it into fucking vampires um but this group of streamers have been invited and this one guy who has a like a slayer origin story briefly um turns up to like try and get the streamers to stop the vampires it's it's ridiculously funny so far because every time someone dies a fucking scoreboard pops up with slayers zero vampires whatever like they're up to. So at the moment they're yeah. losing. I'm, I'm about three quarters of the way through the movie and they're like, it's like seven nil. So it's yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can tell they've got like 15 funding logos at the beginning of them. Um, but I, I, it's, it's the genre I kind of want to work in. So now that I'm going to have some free time in my hands, I want to start, oh, cool. uh, start watching all that stuff. I also watched, did you, did you watch the uh, last week's episode of the last of us? Not yet. No, I'm a bit behind. Okay. Um, yeah, we had a we had a week last week where we we're like, can't do the drama right now. <laughs> so, I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. I'm not going to give anything away, but I did watch that, and I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping it ramps up. It was still I mean, a good episode, but I'm ready for some crazy shit to happen. That, I'm really ready. for I, it. I know exactly what it is because I played the game. So that that is the entire download content expansion of the game in one episode, um, and it's. It was a fantastic story then. I'm sure they've done it justice. But yeah, we're about to get, it's about to get real. Good. I, I'm yeah. excited because it's been really good drama, but I'm kind of like forgetting that this is an apocalyptic story where people die. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. No, we'll stra- this- strap yourself in for tonight's then. Cause, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm excited. If- it's still really good. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong. Cause yeah, we're about to encounter one of my favorite characters in the game. So. Good. Yeah. I'm pumped. That'd be All last right, night's episode uh, if everyone's listening on Monday. And if you're not listening true, on yeah. Monday, Sunday, what do you mean Sunday, March 5th episode. And we have a uh, tune in because we're going to be dropping our Oscars episode. Oh, yes. Right? Yes. We are going to be dropping Jeff that. Jeff is out of rehab by then. Yeah. Are we going to record that? So Thursday uh, we'll drop that? I would say Thursday. Yeah. 
Yeah, so everybody tune in. The Oscars are Sunday, November 12th. Um, November? I'm, I still fuck it. I, I, dude, so I, know, I, I say November. You did, I know did you're in another November? fucking time zone, but damn. <laughs> wow, sure. Yeah, you know what? I'm out of beer, but I'll take a, the proverbial drink. Um, March 12th, excuse me. I still like the fucking Academy Awards. I still like the uh, the award shows. I still think it's fun to think about these incredible movies and yeah, just to just to see what the industry is thinking about. I love stuff. it. I so love feel it. free to tune in. Is it ironic that Creed three came out just before the Academy Awards? Why would it be? Well, last year ironic. one of what them got it? smacked the shit out of on stage. So <laughs> Will got wait, wait wait who got smacked? Chris Rock Hold got on, the wait. shit smacked out of him on stage by Will Will Smith. And is he? Is he? Oh, you're just, just saying that, like yeah, the Creed, Creed, of, yeah, Creed fight. came out like the week before the Academy Awards is on. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah. did you see um, fucking Chris Rock special? I'm myself. Yeah, yeah, but. yeah. I'm gonna let that one go. Did you see that Chris Chris Rock special is out on Netflix? Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. I've seen a short and clip, a... and he tears into him. I mean, it's. It, I was watching him tearing into them. I'm a, I got a little uncomfortable because he does not hold back. The whole thing is, a, it's a, yeah. the whole fight, the whole slap, from the slap on, it's all been really uncomfortable, mm-hmm. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, anyway, this is great. Go watch Creed 3. We yeah. will see you uh, in a few days with the with our Academy Award 2023 year of 2022 movies Pink. show. Yes. Yes. Putting that money where our mouth is. Fans. 